Uninformed immigrants are at a huge disadvantage in court, in financial and legal matters, and also sometimes in life. Well, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what. We can train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. All right, we are live. Hello, hello, and welcome. My name is Otis Landerholm. I am the founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream. I'm so happy to have you with me. Welcome. I know some other people are logging on even as we speak. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Empowered Immigrant Live. All right, at the Empowered Immigrant, we are here to train, to teach, to inspire, and to empower immigrants to make the most out of immigration law and to make the most out of, out of their lives. And so thank you so much for being with me here today. The theme for today, the topic for today is we're going to talk about complex I-751s, that is complex marriage-based cases and marriage-based issues, all right? And before we get into it, I want to thank everyone who submitted your questions to me. We've got 30 minutes to discuss this topic in English. We've got 30 minutes uh, to do it afterwards in Spanish. Así que si usted habla español, que venga que vuelve aquí a las dos y media, y vamos a hacerlo en español, all right? But for now, we're doing it in English, so thank you for being with me here in English, and, uh, and we'll go in to this topic. If you haven't submitted your questions already, please do send them. We got like 12 or 13 different questions about this, well, uh, some about this topic, some about other things that I'll go through. I'm going to try to get to every question here and we just got 30 minutes. And so, uh, and so there we are. Um, quick qu quick uh, uh, question for my team. My team, uh, Danitza, you're, you're with me here. Please post this uh, internally within our office because I know uh, some of our staff wanted to see this also. So um, just so I don't forget, just so I don't forget what I'm doing, right? All right, so uh, I want to talk about the basics. We're going to do basics. For I-751 uh, with complex marriage issues, all right? So what are the basics? Here's the way it works, all right? The way it works is if you've got a green card based on a new marriage, all right, you got to file this extra form. Uh, they call it the I-751 to quote-unquote remove the conditions from your green card. Because here's the thing, immigration is always skeptical, all right, they're always skeptical. They're like, they're like, hey, yeah, you're married. Yeah, right. Prove it. That's what they're like. And so that's what the I-751 is designed to do. All right. It's designed to prove that you really are in a quote unquote good faith marriage to a U.S. citizen or some in some instances to a green card holder. All right. So there you are. At the time that you need to file the I-751, which remember is three months, 90 days, before your conditional green card expires, basically you send in all your proof. 
all right? And you say, hey, look, this is all the proof that we've been living together. We've been paying taxes together. Here's our apartment. Here's our kids, if you have kids. Here's our life together. Check it out. It's legitimate, all right? And approve this green card. That's basically what it is. So normally, when it comes time, you send it in. You send all your proof in. You do that. You prove it, all right? And then you get your full 10-year green card, and that's that. You get to move on with your life. But sometimes there are issues, all right? So what if you're separating, all right? What if you filed a divorce? What if you were, like, abused during your relationship? What if you didn't really love that person, you were mainly doing it for immigration purposes, all right? Those things make a green card case complex, and so that's what I want to talk about today. That is our theme today. Like, what if you're separating? What if you filed divorce? What if you were abused during the relationship? What if it was actually marriage fraud? All right, so first of all, if you are here with me right now, thank you, and if you're married and happily married and you've got a joint marriage and you're not, you don't have any of those complications, and if you're filing the I-751, then hey, great. I mean, you can stay for this. But really what I would say is pick up the phone, give our office a call, let's help you through it. That's simple, all right? Pick up the phone, give our office a call, let our office help you through it. Or you have another option. We have an I-751 course, all right? And we can put a link to it uh, uh, in this video or below the video uh, description once it's, uh, once it's uh, on, on YouTube. And, but we have, we have an I-751 course. You could even, with our training, uh, file an I-751. If you have a joint uh, marriage and you're happily married and you just want some support in how to do that, okay? But if you have a marriage that is facing some challenges, then please watch on and let's get down to it, all right? Scenario number one, what to do if you're separating Okay, uh, here's the deal. You can file jointly. You can still file jointly with your spouse if you're still legally married, even if you are in the process of separating and breaking up, right? You know, if you can say, hey, look, we might reconcile this. We might reconcile our relationship. Relationships can heal even if they've gone through some challenges. Then you are allowed to do that. And I recommend doing that if you're, if both of you are like, yeah, this was a legitimate relationship. We're just having some challenges. We've decided to separate for a little bit and see how it goes. You know, you're allowed to do that and still file a joint I-751, which is a better process. All right. Now, here's the thing. Be prepared for an interview on an I-751 if you're doing that. All right. And if you are interviewed, you want to both go and you want to both be 100% open and honest about your situation with immigration, all right? Like, don't say, yeah, we're happy and great and back together if the truth is, is that you're struggling and separating, all right? Instead, say, yo, immigration, it was honest on the day we married, and, and it still is honest, but the truth of the matter is, is that we are struggling and we are separating, all right? And so, and then immigration... 
they might request more evidence or whatever, but ultimately you have a stronger stance, right, uh, to get that case approved. Our office has won cases even when people are uh, separating. It's not fun, right? It's, uh, separation's never fun, but, but anyway, it's, it's still an approvable case, okay? Scenario number two, what if you are divorcing? All right, what if like divorce has already been filed? What if you were like, you were like, you're done with the relationship and you've, you're filing for divorce? So in that instance, the, uh, often the best way to do it is to file what's called a waiver of the joint filing requirement saying, hey, look, I can't file with my spouse. We're, we're divorced or we're divorcing. And so, um, you know, we've got to file and we've got to check off one of these boxes um, on the I-751 form. And there are three boxes that you can check on that form. One says that you married in good faith, but your marriage has terminated through divorce or annulment. Okay? And now to do that, you've got to show lots of evidence that, you know, yes, you've got to attach the divorce documents or the annulment filings and stuff, but you've got to show lots of evidence that it was really legitimately in good faith at the time that you got married. When you got married, you were intending that this would work out. You were intending to form a life together, all right? And, and you got to show that. The second option on a waiver separating divorcing I-751 is to check the box that says that you married in good faith, but that you were the victim of either abuse or extreme cruelty during that marriage, okay? And so if that was the situation, then, um, then you can win an I-751 case if you show that. And then the third box that you could check is you could show that you or others would suffer extreme hardship if this case were not approved. And you can show the evidence of that. Okay? And yes, you can check all three of those boxes if they apply to you. And so you want to be aware of that. And I do discuss this in the I-751 course that we put together. Um, but uh, if you are in this situation, I really, really recommend that you have a lawyer help you really go deep into proving your case. All right? And um, you don't want this... You know, if an I-751 is denied by USCIS, they put you into deportation proceedings, and then you can fight the I-751 in front of a judge, but it's not fun, all right? And so the better thing to do is to present that I-751 as strongly as you possibly can so that you maximize your chances of just getting your green card, your 10-year green card approved. All right. So that's basically all I wanted to say. A couple final words, you know, a couple final words. First of all, I hate, I hate divorce, all right? I hate divorce and I love marriage. I love being married. Being married is awesome. Uh, you know, uh, and I'll just say it. People destroy their financial well-being. People destroy a lot of things in their lives, but they especially destroy their financial well-being going through a divorce process, all right? Saving whatever money you can save between two people, ripping that in half, it's like, oh, man, all, all of your life that you've spent like trying to buy a home or trying to do whatever you've done, I mean, it just gets ruined through a divorce process. My philosophy is, hey, you know, take steps. Take steps to make your marriage last 
forever as you are married, all right? Like, whenever possible, restore integrity when integrity was out. Ask for forgiveness when you screw up somewhere. Be open and honest. Like, be willing to stand for your relationship. If you can do that, I mean, that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is, hey, look, yeah, it's true. I'm, I, I don't like divorce and I love marriage. But on the flip side of that, it's like no one ever, and I hope you're hearing me, no one ever should tolerate being in an abusive or a toxic or an unhealthy or even an unfulfilling relationship. All right? Sometimes that relationship actually needs to end so that you can live your full life. And if that's the case, then get out of that relationship and go find somebody who loves you or go find somebody who really is going to be a good fit for you. All right? So there's kind of that yin and yang there, my own personal philosophy. Whatever the situation is, please, if you're going through the I-751 process, please be honest with your immigration lawyer. All right, be honest with your immigration lawyer about the truth of your situation, um, really, so that we can give you good advice, because um, we want to maximize your chances of keeping your green card, all right, and that's really what it's about. All right, that's all I got. Thanks, everyone. We are doing great. It's 2.13 in the afternoon. We've got until 2.30. I've got lots of questions. I'm going to open it up to questions. If you have more questions as we go, hey, bring it on. Bring it on. That's why we're here. My first question today comes from, uh, from John, John, Jonathan, Jonathan, all right? Not Jonathan, it's jo Jonathan with a, with a, without a TH. So, uh, Jonathan, thank you. Your question is, I was granted asylum in the United States and I applied for a green card one and a half years ago. I had my fingerprints appointment, which was the first step. I just want to know if there's a way that I can speed up the rest of the process with a lawyer. Thank you. So Jonathan, thank you, or Jonathan, thank you. Um, my answer to that, unfortunately, is probably not, all right? And the reason I say that is, depending on where your case was filed, like which field office it was filed in, uh, 18 months is kind of like the standard normal processing times right now unfortunately. In fact, many offices are out 24 months. And so uh, my guess is, is that your case is still within current processing times. The way to know that, I've got a separate video. You could do a search on our YouTube channel for how to check current processing times. All right. You could just do that as literally a YouTube search. I bet you my video will come up. How to check current processing times. And, you know, and you can see how to check current processing times to see whether or not your case is still inside the normal processing times. If it is, there's not going to be much you can do. Tons of cases are backlogged right now, unfortunately. If it's outside of current processing times, then contact a lawyer. Yeah, because we can start doing inquiries. We can start, you know, putting pressure on the government to, hey, let's issue a decision here. Okay, I hope that helps. Jonathan, thank you so much for your question. The next question comes from Alma. Alma, thank you for your question. Your question says, my brother requested me more than 10 years ago. How long more do I have to wait? And they, you said they already approved my application. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So my understanding then is that your brother's a U.S. citizen 
and your brother filed a petition for you 10 years ago, and now it's like, when can you use that petition? Well, here's the thing. It actually depends on which country you're from, Alma. It depends on which country you're from. You have to look at the current visa bulletin. Do a Google search. Visa bulletin and put in the month for right now, August of 2021, or if you're, you know, and say, and you got to look at it. If it was a brother, you're in category F4, all right? And you got to see, okay, what's, what priority date is being adjudicated right now for category F4? And for example, if you're uh, from Mexico, then right now in August 2021, they're filing, they're accepting applications that were submitted from Mexico in January of 1999, all right? That is a 20-growing backlog. It is the slowest and worst immigration category and immigration case, unfortunately, all right? Um, even the fastest countries, 2007, which is still a 14-year delay now, all right, and growing. And so the bottom line is sibling petitions. I mean, the whole category is awful in terms of the waiting time. It's, it's awful. And the only way to really speed that up is if Congress changes the law. All right, so contact your congressman and be like, hey, this law needs to be changed, because it does. All right, but that is the way it is. The next question comes from Martin. Martin asks, could you help me schedule an appointment with the Mexican consulate to renew my passport? I've tried it a million times. All right, Martin, thank you. Uh, thank you for your question. Unfortunately, you are not alone, all right? It's not just Mexico. It's other embassies and consulates here in the U.S. from countries around the world. Uh, sometimes it is difficult, all right? Sometimes it is difficult to renew a passport, okay? And, um, you know, while our firm is dedicated to immigration options within the U.S., you know, we, we don't really do passports in the different embassies and stuff for people, you know, you know, theoretically, it'd be like a lawyer from that country to really fight about that. Um, you know, but uh, we do have a lot of clients that are going through that process. My best advice is just keep at it. Keep at it. Keep following up. You know, call in the morning, call again in the afternoon, book yourself an appointment. You know, um, depending on where you are in the country, some are more available than others. Like, just stay on it and you can get it done. Okay. Um, the next question that I have comes from Hugo. Hugo, thank you for your question. Your question is, what are the possibilities of immigration reform? Oh, man, Hugo, what a question, all right? That is the question. I, I love that question. I, I share that with you. I have that question, too. I wish that I could just, you know, snap my fingers and our crazy and messed up immigration system could, you know, could just change. You know, we could eliminate the one-year filing deadline for asylum. We could give everybody a pathway to citizenship. We could allow people who want to just come in and visit to, like, apply for a visa to just come and visit. Um, that could actually work. You know, they can work at work authorization in the U.S. Like, why not? All right, that's my philosophy. Anyway, it's a great question. <clears throat> it's a great question, Hugo. I wish I knew the answer. The truth is is that any immigration reform is not going to be easy. It's like, it's like, anyway, our country, the United States right now is ridiculously divided, all right? And until we start fixing that, it's like we're going to, 
we're going to have a hard time really passing anything. Democrats want to do something on immigration. Republicans don't. Democrats are trying to add immigration issues to other bills, the reconciliation bill, you know, budget proposals, things like that. Um, ultimately, in my opinion, we need to like rise up and vote out some of these old, grumpy, non-progressive, traditionalist Congress people. Like, let's get them out of there. They're wasting all of our time. They're wasting all of our lives. They're keeping us stuck. We need a Congress that like is a little bit more fresh, right? That looks like how America looks like in the 21st century, right? That's my opinion. Anyway, Hugo, not going to be easy. Thank you for the question, though. And yeah, we really want to keep pushing Congress for immigration reform. Let's have them do something. All right, my next question comes from Juan Manuel. Juan Manuel, thank you. You say, we submitted the U visa petition in 2017. What is the status for 2017 cases? Or when might we might get a response from immigration? Great question, Juan Manuel. Thank you so much for it. Great question. So currently, U visas are on 2016 cases, all right? So 2017, that's not too far away, right? You're, you're coming up soon in the line. Um, and in addition, USCIS has announced, and I've got a whole other video about this, you know, check, check it out. Our, uh, I think just uh, a very recent Empowered Immigrant Live episode was about this. Uh, USCIS has announced that it's going to start doing a bona fide determination process for U visas, which is awesome. And that means that you're likely going to start hearing from USCIS about a work permit at least while your U visa stays pending. All right. And so I expect the bona fide status determination process to start happening in the next few months. All right. And so you might get something, hey, just by the end of the year or something, right? They, they made the announcement last month, but they're just getting, they're just barely getting started. So it will take some time uh, for that process to really start uh, getting worked through. But, uh, but yeah, it's exciting, you know, and U visas, there's some fresh air that's been blown into, uh, into U visas. We're all excited about that. Okay, good. My next question comes from Sandra. Sandra, thank you for your question. Sandra's question is, my brother was deported and he would like help getting back, and sorry, I would like help getting him back um, from Belize. All right, You're, you are uh, from Belize. Awesome. Uh, I was in my brother's situation, but I got a lawyer and come to find out that I was actually a citizen because when my mom applied for her citizenship, that made me a citizen of the United States. So I'm wondering if you would follow under the same law as I did. Sandra, this is a great question. And thank you. And first of all, I'm sorry to hear that your brother was deported. That's horrible. Um, if anybody else is watching this and has someone that's like even starting a process where it looks like they might end up getting deported, talk to a lawyer before it happens, right? The time to do it is before somebody leaves the U.S. But Sandra, for your brother, um, you know, he might be in your same situation. It is true that sometimes ICE actually deports people who legally are already U.S. citizens. It's infuriating when it happens. It makes you mad when it happens, but sometimes it does happen. The way to check whether or not your brother derived citizenship, the place to start is to figure out if he was under 18 
and had a green card at the time that your parents uh, became naturalized, at the time your parents naturalized. And so if he was under 18 with a green card when your parents naturalized, then maybe, maybe he is a, legally a U.S. citizen, and we could bring him back. And there might be other ways to bring him back, too, all right? There are waivers for deportations in certain instances. Our firm has done it. We have won it. They're not easy to do, but it is possible in certain instances. And so, Sandra, give us, give us a call, all right? Give us a call. Let's look at it. Let's really look at it. And we might need to start by requesting all of your brother's records, all right, which takes time, but it's, it's worth it because then we, you know, rather than starting some huge case, some huge waiver case or something like that, uh, and then having it all be denied, let's first request all the records, study them carefully so that we know exactly where we stand before um, submitting anything, all right? All right, everybody, I got five minutes left. I got five minutes left, and I've got, I think, one, two, I've got like two more questions. Um, and so I think we're going to be perfect, all right? My next question today comes from Veronica. Veronica, thank you for your question. Your, Ver, Veronica's question is, I am on deportation. Okay, I'm not sure what, what you mean by that. If you were already ordered deported or if you're currently in deportation proceedings, there's a huge difference there. Veronica, if you are currently in deportation proceedings, I mean, well, either way, contact us. But contact us or contact a lawyer who's good and who you trust, all right, to fight for you, okay? And um, even if there's a deportation order from the past, then, okay, we can still do that, but it's maybe it's less urgent. Maybe not if it's um, depending on what happened there, right? Okay, so your, your question, now that I'm seeing it, I'm on deportation. I'm taking care of my mom, who's a U.S. citizen. Can I reopen my case? All right, so this sounds like you actually do have a deportation order against you and your case was closed. Is that correct? And so now you're thinking about whether or not to re. Complex, motions to reopen can be risky, okay? And so don't file one without first requesting all of your immigration records and reviewing them thoroughly, like page by page thoroughly with an immigration lawyer, okay? Um, because we want to know why were you originally in deportation proceedings. We want to know what you fought for in your deportation case and what happened and why you lost and why the judge decided it the way the judge decided it. Only after reviewing all of that can we make a fully informed decision as to whether or not it's a good idea to reopen a case, okay? And so, you know, uh, please feel free to give us a call, right? Please, please give us a call. I'd love to have my team look into it for you. And yes, maybe we could reopen that case, all right? Um, and so let's, let's look at it and let's make a full-on determination. All right, my last question of the day comes from Bonsu. Bonsu, thank you for your question, all right? Bonsu, your question is, at what point can my girlfriend file, send in my paperwork, all right? Is it when we are done with our marriage? Thanks. All right, Bonsu, thank you so much. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. So the question for you is, is your girlfriend a U.S. citizen? And then the follow-up question is, did you enter the U.S.? Are you in the U.S. right now? Uh, and did you enter with like a valid visa or, you know, a visa of some kind, valid entry of some kind? 
If the answer to both of those questions is yes, then hey, you might be eligible to adjust your status in the U.S. and to apply for a green card without leaving the U.S. And if that's the case, first of all, let's you know give, us, give our office a call, talk to a lawyer, make sure that that is the situation for you, and make sure that you're you're 100% eligible and that's a workable solution for you. And if it is a workable solution for you, then yes, go get married. You know, treat your girlfriend really well, buy her some flowers, you know, buy her a ring, uh, propose to her. If she says yes, hopefully she does. And if she's a U.S. citizen, and if you entered with a visa, and if you're not inadmissible, if you're 100% eligible to do it, then yeah, go get married, let's file the case, all right? And in two years, because that's how long it's taking, you'll have a green card, assuming everything is done correctly and everything goes well. Okay, Bonsu, thank you for your question. Hey, that's it, everybody, it's 2.29, I need to wrap up, I need to start this in Spanish. If you have more questions, please contact our office. Uh, we've got our number here below me, right here, um, 510-574-7377, all right? Give us, a, give us a call. We'd love to um, at least have you go through our consultation process. Let's do that. I wish you the very, very best of luck with your case. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. If you like what you heard and if you want to learn more, please go to landerhomeimmigration.com forward slash podcast.